The following is brought to you in part by MFC Studios. The views of the show's host and guests do not necessarily reflect those of the management, owners, or staff of this radio station. And now, it came from the radio. Toy and welcome once again to a came from the radio facility big up this is your host mark torres speaking with me via virtual distancing we have none other than the life with jenner g's jenny feldy hi y'all good evening y'all i'm moving to the south so i'm just adjusting because i heard they don't like yankees there so i'm just be adjusting for the next 90 days okay we Pardon have me. our senior correspondent charlie saladino well howdy little lady how are you and and are you also from the South, uh, Pronto Comics, yes, Dominic, Toronto? No, I'm a New Yorker, and I'm always going to be a New Yorker. All right, so North and South this time. All right, let's go. Let's go fight a war. <laughs> yeah, East Coast, West Coast, North and South, 2021. <laughs> <From> New York. <laughs> it's now North and South. We're bringing it back old school, like it used to be. <laughs> Man, um, on this week's show. <laughs> We're going to have another Jay Bird and Lee segment. Um, we have our very own Jenny Feldy doing her uh, wrap-up of the Be Legendary uh, Art Show. And no, no. I have an exclusive interview with event director from New York Comic Con, Christina Rogers. So before we do any of that, we have to take it away with the news. It's Morphin Time! News is brought to you in part by the fine folks of sci-fi.radio. That's sci-fi for your Wi-Fi. As well as the fine folks of the Big Apple Con, of which we are the official radio show of, celebrating over 25 years of completeness in pop culture stuff. For more information, go to www.bigapplecc.com. Um, now, there's no word on there when the next convention is, but as soon as they do, we'll let you know. And we're going to get our shout-outs for our Patreons, of which there are. Danny Grillo, award-winning director Jared Burrell, Kyle Horn, Millie Portez, Newsday Famous Dress of Media, Unjikun, Shadow Rabbit Art, The Huracan, which is coming back this year, and Yasmin and Ray. You guys want to have your own little shout-out? Go to www.ukamefrayo.com, and there's a little button to uh, join us on Patreon, and just for a dollar a month, you can get your shout-out on our show. So let's start, as we always do, with the sad news. Uh, we only have two bits of sad news this week, but that's, that's not so bad. Uh, let's see. Uh, Ruben Klamer, or Klamer, K-L-A-M-E-R, the guy who was responsible for creating the modern version of the Game of Life, has died. Um, as of this recording, which is September 22nd, 2021, no cause of death has been announced. Uh, for those of you who do not know, the game was originally created in 1860 by Milton Bradley as the checkered Game of Life. The modern version, which came out in the 60s, is the one we're familiar with, including the little track with the cars, and it has um, the little mountains and the buildings, and it has the board. Uh, you can uh, spin the wheel. That's all this guy made it. Um, the Game of Life has been marketed in 59 countries and translated in 26 languages, and it is their second most popular game, uh, only to Monopoly, selling an estimated 70 million copies. Uh, he was a, a a super old, 99 years old. 
Yeah, um, you know 2021's hard up when the guy who created life dies. That's why I thought it was funny to mention it. But it's sad, <laughs> funny, it's ironic. That's the word I was looking for. It's ironic. Um, Charlie, you were around in the 60s. Yes, what, I was. What did, you, what did you think of when the Game of Life came out? Or were you not even, it wasn't even on your uh, Well, I, I liked the Game of Life a lot better than I liked Monopoly. And uh, I just enjoyed... I just enjoyed the game of life much more, and that's all I have to say. Good job in revamping that game. Loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Can't Man. say enough about it. Did you guys play it? I, I played it every once in a while. I don't think I ever finished it, but I remember yeah, I playing like it. Life was number one. I was like definitely on the top charts. And you, you would you would go around, and there would be pegs that you put in the car. And then you you know you get a family and you got the four pegs in the car. Yes, yes. Huh. I always wanted to make a game called Real Life, where um, they it starts <laughs> off with a deck of cards and that decides you where you start in the game and it's, you start in different starting places, and then you have a rolling of the dice and all the cards have a uh, set things that happen to you and they're all shuffled in there, so it's it's gonna happen. You just don't know when. So that's, that was my idea. Oh wow! I, I put a lot of thought it's into my- that. <laughs> Final, final destination. Right yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Were you a, a fan of the game, Adonis? I actually never played the game of life. Um, well, you're playing it terms, now. In I, terms of the board game. I uh, lived current, it, Dottie. Yeah. The current game of life, um, I have to ask myself, why did I put the setting on difficult? Because <laughs> uh, this has been a really rough game. For the past thirty, almost thirty-nine years, I was just as you mentioned his name. I was looking him up, and like I was looking at pictures, and I happened to see this picture of Captain Kirk holding a phaser rifle. And it turns out he's also the guy that designed the phaser rifle oh, for wow. the How original show. Oh, yeah, look at this. Star a Trek phaser rifle. Yeah. So yeah, I can phaser say, rifle. yeah, phaser rifle. So I can say like I know some of his work right, and I've enjoyed it. So uh, moving on to the last bit of sad news, um, actor Arthur Mitrano also died recently of natural causes just two weeks before his birthday. While appearing in numerous TV shows and movies, Arthur was perhaps known as Lieutenant Captain Commander. Well, he became Lieutenant and he was Captain and he became Commander. Mauser in Police Academy Part 2 and Police Academy Part 3. Uh, he was one of the bad, quote-unquote, bad cops that the Police Academy guys played pranks on and served as the antagonist for the main cast of characters. Um, I remember him in the in the movie. Uh, he was a guy to get his eyebrows shaved off, and they had to draw him in. Mm. Yeah, so that was that was his character. So he was like, because um, I remember it was Harris in the in the first movie, and then he had another guy, and he was that guy. Uh, you guys, police academy fans? I was when I was little, but I forgot. Dominic, I I didn't like. I've seen the first one, the second one, but after a while, like they just got too ridiculous if that makes sense like okay you know like just beyond the pale of of ridiculousness so i didn't really go deep they, into watching all of them they turn into what caricatures of themselves yeah they like how many did they make like six of them or something like that i think they made six because i think last wow. was mission of moscow plus the oh, tv yeah, series right and then they had the cartoon you know like they did they did a, i just started getting almost too ridiculous in some ways and as a fan of police academy series they actually had a police academy reunion with um in a, in a movie lava lantula <laughs> oh, 
and its sequel, Lava Lantula 2. Well, actually, it was called Two Lava, Two Lantula. <laughs> wow. Oh, man. Is um, that where Too Fast, Too Furious got? <laughs> yes, yes. That was the joke. Is this yeah. with tarantulas? It was, yeah, it was a transfers that spewed out lava. Wow. Oh, my God. It's interesting because I'm looking up his IMDb, and this was like a go-to character actor of the 80s and 90s because he was Correct. in Hill Street Blues. He was I hear crunching. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah, not me. He was in The Golden Girls. He was in um, numerous. Yeah, I say he was in uh, yeah. TVs and shows. And movies, but yeah, that was just, his. That was his main thing. He's one of those actors that you don't know by name, but when he, he shows up, you go, "Oh, it's that guy." Yeah, he's that one guy. Of, he's one of those actors. So, yeah. um, of note, in September of 1989, Arthur broke his neck and seriously injured his spinal cord after falling off a ladder while working on his house, making him initially a quadriplegic, and then regained the use of his arms and legs. Uh, being able to walk short distances with the help of crutches, however, mostly use a motorized wheelchair to get around. Uh, he was a uh, spry 84. Well, that sounds wow. like a horrific existence after that. So, hey, he, sure. he, he was recovering. So, he was recovering. Yes. So, you know, like, I'm not that I'm trying to say, like, hopefully he's in, in peace. Like, I hope, like, he found peace after that accident with his recovery. Right. But hopefully now he's he's somewhere in a better place. So let's see. Um, so moving on to the not as happy, not as sad news. Sorry, <laughs> we, we don't dare get to happy news ever. No, no, we don't. We don't. Uh, so let's see. From the this is what acting is all about department. In a recent interview, actress Raven Simone announced that Disney originally offered to make her character Raven Baxter from the series That's So Raven gay in the 2017 spinoff of the 2003 show That's So Raven because the actress had come out as gay uh, in years between the two series. So Raven says, uh, this is not going to sound like her at all. There was a oh. conversation before the series started, and I was asked this question, would you like Raven Baxter to be a lesbian? And I said no. I said no. The reason I said no wasn't because I wasn't proud of who I was or I didn't want to represent the LGBTQ plus community in any way. It was because... Raven Baxter is Raven Baxter is Raven Baxter. And Raven Baxter is a character that I was proud to play, even if she is straight, cisgender. I don't mind. Leave her, let her have her moment. So I think that that's an interesting point where we've been saying many a times that an actor doesn't have to be, it's all pretend. <laughs> so yes. they don't have to be what the, act, what, the, what the character they're portraying is. So I think this is a very interesting, it's reverse of, of what, what people are saying now that it has to be proper representation, but she decided to play the character as the character is. So it kind of makes me think of um, uh, Elliot Page and um, what's the show on Netflix that, that, uh, that he's in? Um, Was it what, The Umbrella Academy? Yes, The Umbrella Academy. So now, because when they were filming the other two seasons, it was uh, a female. Right. And now she became a transgender person. So should the character also be a transgender person? You know that that I yeah. suppose really comes down to the comfort the comfort of Elliot Page, I suppose. But in my mind, <laughs> in terms of a story continuity, no. Okay. You know, like so you have. I was thinking about something like this the other night, and I'm, I'm recently watching the latest season of Doctor Who which I thought was actually better than the first season with Jodie Whittaker. Not that she did a bad job, but anyway. Okay. Um, 
within the continuity of Doctor Who, the idea of the Doctor being able to change gender, ethnicity, and anything like that has been established. Right. Right? So that's perfectly fine, in my opinion, that you could make, you know, go from white to black to male, female, whatever. Um, and changing anything is, it's very fluid in that sense. It's the, the genius of the writing of the show. For me, I hate it when they crowbar in something that, con- like in continuity, doesn't really make sense just because. Does that, right. Am I uh, conveying this correctly? Yes. So like, well, to me, character, you Okay. So long, so long as that makes sense to you, Mark. Well, so Mark if, is God. That's right. <laughs> That would explain a lot about the universe. <laughs> uh, One cruel joke, everybody. <laughs> but like, on. if the character that Elliot Page was playing was cisgender female when she was Ellen Page, I'm saying she because in the past tense, right? Then continuity-wise, and of course they didn't build into this. I haven't watched the show, but if they haven't built into the show an idea of uh, gen- questioning the gender and the character wanting to be trans or is trans and transitioning, then to me, as a continuity point of view, it's like don't shoehorn that in. Hmm. You know, well, signed up to do this job. Said. You 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 signed up to do this job. That's what it is. It's like there are many gay actors that play straight. There are many straight actors that have played gay. You know what I'm saying? Like right. You, it pretend this is a job that you've decided to do. So either leave the show or put on a wig. What do you What do you think? Uh, as as an actress, Jenny Feldy, what do you think? Well, that's why I only play the queen because I'm the queen. And if they want to hire me and have me play some other role like a prince or a pauper, I'm like, I'm not about that. I'm not about that. It, it, there is no such thing as acting anymore. It's just being me. What about our senior correspondent, Charles Saladino? What do you what do you think of that? I mean, there's been plenty of times where shows have been recast for for certain situations. Um, what do you think about that? I I agree with everybody. It's that's why it's called <laughs> acting. It's called acting. If you have a part and it calls for a certain genre, that's what you do. Now it's the Jay Feldy show. It's all about yeah. who we really are on screen. Yeah, I, no. I I remember um I don't remember who it was, but I was watching a talk show and the actor was like, there was a part and he needed to know how to ride a horse. And he said, Hey, do you know how to ride a horse? He's like, I know how to ride a horse. And he know how to ride a horse. And he got the job. He's like, I better learn how to ride a horse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so right there, it's it's one of those things where you have to I think you want to bring as much as you can of yourself and you want to do the best job of portraying the character that the character is made to be. And sometimes, yes, as shows go on, the actor or actress playing the character does tend to morph into, it's like a, the line gets blurred between the character and the actor because they've been on the show for so long, they have input and what have you. But in this situation where I, I really commend raven Simone being like, hey, this was the character and I'm the actress, there's two different people. We, we even have the same first name. But we're not going down that road. I really think that's really uh, yeah. awesome of her. Yeah, exactly. She's not just jumping on the bandwagon. That's trendy. So, um, so yeah, I, 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 I'm curious to see what they're going to do with Umbrella Academy. That's the only one that popped in my head because that's the most recent thing that's going on right now. But, uh, but yeah, so, so moving on from the, let's see what we got. Uh, okay, let's do this one because it's, uh, it's timely. From the 
That's a lot of nuts! Department. The Marvel film Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings has held on to the number one spot for three, count three, one, two, three weeks in a row, pulling in an additional $21.6 million in the domestic box office, easily beating out the Ryan Reynolds film Free Guy, which is has in the second place spot with an additional $5 million. Uh, for those keeping track, Black Widow is still the highest grossing film of 2021 with $183.3 million followed closely by Shang-Chi at number two in three weeks with $176.8 million, knocking out Fast and the Furious 9 with $172.9 million. Of note, Shang-Chi is only available to see legally in theaters while Black Widow is available to be seen on Disney Plus for an additional fee on top of whatever you're paying for the service. Keep in mind the numbers do not reflect the revenue made from the streaming service. We've been talking about this many, many times, and this keeps on hitting home the reason why Disney screwed over Hot Scar Johansson. Mm -hmm. Because obviously, since it's the number one film, and in three weeks, Shang-Chi is almost there. Mm -hmm. All that extra money that they're not counting... Mm-hmm. could have been hers and it, mm-hmm. it's just it's just so blatantly unfair i don't think that they're gonna have a leg to stand on when this is over well, we're talking about we're talking about disney right yes your, your your favorite your favorite company charlie yeah well it, it goes without saying <laughs> <laughs> um so let's see um all Disney has to do is just snap its infinity gauntlet fingers and make it all go away. <laughs> is, that, yeah. is, that the, is that the plan? Exactly. Yeah, put some fairy dust on it. And okay. all, like, knowing how many things that Disney owns at this point. Right. Where can Scarlett Johansson like, make a movie now? She can go to the indie service. She can make her own movie. And what was that? So, Jenny, Jenny Feldy production. She can make a Jenny Feldy production film. Right. Like she can work hey. for, she could work for Warner Brothers. Right. What other major studios does Disney not own? Uh, Paramount. 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 So that's it. Miramax is Disney? Miramax Miramax is Disney. Disney. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. You know your stuff, Dominic. (laughs) So it's like, I'm just saying, like, even if she wins, and I hope she does, She's well, going to be very relegated to where she she can work. It's going to be a uh, it's going to be settled out of court. This uh, obviously oh, yeah. is going to be settled out of court because this you is know, yeah, not... on the streets. <laughs> they're going to they're going to sell it on the streets. They're going to have a throwdown. Yeah, Basically, my neighbor is yeah. mostly Jewish and Chinese, so come down. <laughs> I mean, here's just a list of what uh, Disney owns, which is it's is... easier to say what the list of what Disney doesn't own. I know, like. With different, but they own ABC, ESPN, Touchstone Pictures, Marvel, Lucasfilm, A and D, History Channel. Like some have, have part of Hulu, uh, the History Channel, Lifetime, Pixar, Hollywood Records, who even knew that exists, Vice Media, um, Core Publishing. Yeah. So and like we know they also own Miramax. I'm li- mm-hmm. literally looking at a flowchart done with the. Um, Done with like the the uh, Mickey Mouse ears and things, right? Right. Like, what they what they own with what the little, they, yes, yeah. What they own and what they can control. Um, Unreal. I'm just saying, like, I hope she wins, but she's going to be somewhat limited now, right? Um, so even if she wins, she might lose a bit. That's a ballsy move. I was nervous about just like asking J Lo about Genergy because J Lo is walking around saying Genergy, Genergy. Well, I've been saying Genergy since 2008. 2007? Hey, if you can prove it, I say Sue. Sure, mm-hmm. why not? Do some suing. Get, get, mm-hmm. get some of that J-Lo money. Settle, settle mm-hmm. on the court. Settle on the streets. 
<laughs> she's Jenny from the block. What are you, Jenny from the, the curb? I don't want to go up against the low, though. <laughs> she's Jenny I'm from Jay Long Phelps. Island. Yeah, Jenny. Oh, yeah. She's, she's yeah, I'm Jay, from Long Island. She's, she's from Jay, the Bronx. She's Jay Long Island. <laughs> yeah, Long Island versus Bronx. Like, who's going to win the fight? Uh, probably Bronx. I don't know. It's a tough yeah. But <laughs> in the suit. In, oh, this, in, right. in court. Right. Well, different. So let me see. We get to this. Uh, let's see if we can do this one. Um, this one is is a it, it may or may not be the final bit of news because I'm checking the time right now. Um, for the this, this from the doesn't have a, a category department. The 73rd Emmys just aired this past weekend. So as we mentioned, we're being recorded on the September 22nd of uh, 2021, and no network TV show, ABC, CBS, nobody won. Netflix had the most wins at 10 mm. wins. HBO had six. Apple TV had four, and HBO Max had three. So the Emmys, which used to be about TV, is no longer about the TV networks, but by the streaming services. In addition to that, I wanted to mention that uh, CBS scored a larger audience than it did last year. However, um, it still was one of the lowest uh, rated shows. It was only 7.4 million viewers. And I want to mention that there's one category that I was checking out all the winners, and we know we have a dubious uh, relationship with um, award shows, but there was a, uh, an award for Outstanding Variety Sketch Series, and there was only two nominations. Hmm. You got a 50-50 chance. Wait, all right. Variety of Outstanding Comedy Sketch, sketch. which was Saturday Night Live. Right. What's the other one? It was called A Black Lady Sketch Show, which was on HBO. Those are those are the two choices. Like, come on. And I'm, I'm going to assume the Black Lady Sketch Show won. No, Saturday Night Live really? won because it's Saturday Night Live. Yeah, I mean, who huh. really does it better? But you, you, it's that just makes a like, good point. I get you have a, a category with only two people in it. Right. Like, what? What was the point? Well, is anyone is doing? Point? Is anyone doing sketch comedy shows aside from Saturday Night Live in this though? Uh, it's really died. I mean, you used to have Chappelle. You used to have a lot on Comedy Central, but. You know, I can't I think of anything. Well, I mean, also the, the pandemic didn't help that at all. Of course. All. But I need the, to. Just the fact that, yes, Jenny, Jenny Feldy's uh, sketch show wasn't even nominated. Yeah, well, <laughs> she didn't even get the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the decency of getting nominated. Mm-hmm. I yeah, need to I mean, make one. I suppose they just don't want to go down the dregs of like whatever's on MTV with Impractical Jokers or wherever that is. But that's, that's, uh, that's my point about how ridiculous an award show is that where you have a category that you have to have a category where only two shows are there. And one show is how long, how old is Saturday Night Live? Uh, almost 45 years, I believe. So like that, that is the, the height of the uh, idiocy. Oh, of there's a lot of an award show. Like that, it, it, just, it bothers me so much. I just wanted to mention that quickly. Well, it's, it, I remember for, for a long time, I'd see people run unopposed in elections. And I'm like, how is this democracy? If someone's running <laughs> unopposed. So nice. it's just, it's kind of the same thing, you know. If like if it's an award show with like, yeah. well, it's a fifty fifty shot. It's like, oh. but you have the yeah, the, well said. When it's a massive juggernaut. Yeah, it's a fifty fifty shot against. It's like me going into the ring against Conor McGregor. Who's going to win? It's like, oh well. I feel like it's, it's nice almost like the people the saying saying to the public, act like this, act like these two shows, or get out. You're going to be irrelevant. Yeah, pretty much. Because those are two very specific shows. SNL has very specific stances and brainwashing, and the other show um, is another demographic. So, I just I wouldn't I wouldn't be shocked though if that has similar stances. 
Mm-hmm. But the but like I said, that's just the the height of the um, nominate the award winners. Netflix got ten wins. Netflix, Netflix, for an Emmy show that's supposed to be about TV shows on TV, mm. it's not anymore. It's it's so weird how the world has changed. Um, let's see, we have less than five minutes. So Charlie, do you have a final thought on this whole award show thing? No. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Do you have a final thought in general? Uh yeah, everything, you know, these, everything that is out there today, uh, award shows, uh, anything that's out there, they have to be walking on eggs, uh, you know, because everybody's offended about this. If this one doesn't get nominated, this one doesn't get nominated. And, you know, uh, why isn't this one in the running? Um there's validity to a certain point of that, but what it also does, it also makes everybody so careful that things really suck. All right. Uh, Jenny Feldman, final thought for our new segment? Inauthenticity is seldom found in the media, so I'm in an infrared sauna right now. I highly recommend this to be an essential for everyone, especially in the winters. So when you come home cold, and the media is inauthentic and you're surrounded by lies, you're just going to sweat out the BS in your infrared sauna blanket. I'm not selling one, but <laughs> I got to tell you, like, I'm pretty much unbothered by all this nonsense mentioned. It's a bunch of distraction from the truth. But I'm in my sauna blanket and I'm, I'm sweating out the BS. So there you go. There's my tip. Everyone get a sauna blanket so you can sweat <laughs> out the toxins. Dominic, final thought for a new segment? Uh, I've tried an infrared sauna blanket. Oh, my God, is that uncomfortable. <laughs> uh, it's nice I, and toasty. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, it's burning my skin. I felt like Gollum in the sunlight. Did you wear lots of thick clothing underneath or naked? No, uh, that's, between, that's between me and my loved one. But yeah, the trick, the trick is to go in with thick clothing. Otherwise, you'll get burns. <laughs> yeah, you know, like... We are not sponsored by, <laughs> uh... nor will we ever be sponsored by, by uh the infrared blanket. Uh, I'll say this. If your concern is to try and reduce inflammation in your body, if you can, do an earthing practice where you take your shoes off and just put your feet mm-hmm. on the ground for 30 minutes. That's my, that's my final which I didn't think was going to be my final My final thought originally was going to be like, who cares about award shows? But then if we ever get nominated for an award, we're like, we want to win. So, but that, that was... That's why it says a dubious uh, feeling. So yeah. with that, we're going to take our break. We'll be right back with a game from the radio. Hi, guys. This is Xenia Seberg, who played Zev on the show Lex. And you're listening to It Came From The Radio. Hi, you've heard my voice open and close the show. Now we want to hear your voice. If you have a business or product, you can record a commercial here. We offer 30 and 60 second spots. For more information, contact Mark at MFC underscore studios at hotmail.com. This month at Cosmic Comics and Games of Baldwin, get ready for the death of Doctor Strange and the Darkhold event from Marvel Comics. And from DC Comics, the Batman event, Fear State. And from the mind of Todd McFarlane, Gunslinger Spawn from Image Comics. Cosmic Comics and Games is open Wednesday from noon to 8, Thursday and Friday, 2 to 7, Saturday and Sunday, noon to 5. That's Cosmic Comics and Games of Baldwin, located at 846 Merrick Road in Baldwin, New York. Call us at 516-673-1133. Thank you and stay safe. Hey, ghoulies, this is Demon Boy, and you're listening to It Came From The Radio. <laughs> Processors linked to sci-fi.radio. 
the sci-fi for my Wi-Fi. The more I listen, the more I learn. Now, back to our show. Hey, this is Jaybird and Lee, and we're here to talk about movies, music, TV, and what's going on in our part of the world. Today, we're going to talk about the first day of school. Yeah, summer's over. The first day of school has happened. Um, Fun. Well, you Mm. definitely did not have the best first day of high school. I'm pretty sure I had, like, one of the worst first days of high school in, like... History? Yeah, or just, like... Your history. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, it seems like... Right, so why don't you tell them what happened? Well, basically, I got sick the day before a cold. We took, like, a rapid. It wasn't COVID. Um, So I went in just, like, to sort of figure out my schedule. But, uh... Well, you got the cold from baby Rocky. Yeah. I I got the cold from my cousin Rocky, who actually wound up having a fever. Yes, but you didn't know that until... Well, you were sleeping over in Manhattan. Mm Mm-hmm. Right? You had a great time with your uncle and your soon-to-be aunt and your uh, cousins. And the baby, who is one year old, one years old, came Uh, down with... with a fever the day I was leaving. Right. And it's basically because she was in daycare for three days prior. Yeah. So she hadn't been outside at all since... Well, she was born during the COVID experience... So she has not been involved in any kind of daycare yeah. or anything. So it got she got you sick and her mom sick. <laughs> yeah, and um, I still have the cold. <laughs> you still have the yeah, cold. It's been about a week, but um, I. Well, the other thing is that you went to the doctor. You were fine from what they were saying, just a cold. Yeah. But you have to take a COVID test. And that keeps you out of school for three days, right? Well, really one day, because we only had two days of school. Right, so you lucked out, but you lucked out because it was the beginning of school, and you went to school two days. Well, you had two days of school, even though you went to one of them. Then you had to work. So you missed one and a half days, typically, and now you're uh, going back on Thursday, right? Or next week. Yeah, so... Hopefully, it's a restart. Yeah. I mean, all my teachers, when I got to uh, school, like, all of them, like, first impression, just met. They were all like, you really shouldn't be in school. (laughs) Yeah, I guess as a parenting mistake, but we kind of feel like you should have went for a little bit just to see what the lay of the land was like. But we did get you out early. Yeah. Right? You know, so, you know, yes, bad parenting, you know, for our sick child um, on the first day of school. You know, you just don't want your child to miss the first day of high school, you know, yeah. but I guess that's, you know, the issue. All right, so you made it back. You, mm-hmm. You're you're on the mend. Mend? Yes, you're healing. Oh. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> You're healing, and we hope that uh, that's all going to be fine by uh, you walk into school again. Uh, what um, what are you looking forward to for this high school year? Honestly, I have no idea. No idea? I'm... What? I don't know. I'm not... You have four, four years until you go to college. You've got 
this this a lot of people say is the best times of their lives during high school. So hopefully it'll be the best time for me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it will. Think about some, you know, you're going to hang out, you're going to be with your lunchroom buddies or whatever and you know, you'll do some after school stuff. Yeah. What are you joining? Um I'm joining art club and a community service club. Okay, so that should be fun. Yeah. You can play tennis. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that'll be all good stuff. Um, so the first day didn't go well, but hopefully the rest of the year will be fine. And you know what? Maybe you won't get sick at all for the rest of the year. You maybe you just got it got it out of the way. It's funny. I got two colds during the summer. <laughs> yeah, because you haven't really been out. You've been hybrid last year, so now you're catching up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. Well, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay connected. See ya. This is Brian Downey, Stanley Tweedle from the TV series Lex, and you're listening to It Came From Radio. The Comic Book Depot has been in business since 1993. Your one-stop comic book shop for comics, gaming, and collectibles. The Comic Book Depot Club membership is $15 and gets you 15% off new comics, back issues, graphic novels, and 10% off comic book supplies. Located at 2847 Jerusalem Avenue in Wontaw, New York. Contact us on Facebook for curbside pickup because new comics are back. For more information, give Alan a call at 516-221-9337. The Comic Book Depot. Now, back to our show. And welcome back to It Came From Radio, the official of the Big Apple Con. This is your host, Mark Torres speaking. I'm here with none other, via virtual distancing, of course, with the event director of New York Comic Con, the super awesome Christina Rogers. Hi, how are you doing today, Mark? I am doing quite well. Um, you've come with great praise because we've had a, a head of New York Comic Con, Lance Fenceman, on the show, and he says you are, quote, unquote, totally wired in. So let's start off with that. What does totally wired in mean? Well, uh, I am the human being that oversees all of the teams putting New York Comic Con together. So my job is to make sure everybody has what they need, everybody's moving in the right direction, info sharing, and the ultimate coordination from bringing fans into the building in the morning to how many booth drops we're printing out. Wow. So you are, it's all on you. So if the, if the show's a success, you get the big bonus money, but if it's a horrible, no. horrible failure, it, all eyes are on you. Is that how this works? If the show's a success, it's all my team. If the show's a horrible failure, it's all my fault. That is that is our general rule over here at Pop. Wow, spoken like a true leader. I like that. <laughs> so um, uh, we've had many event organizers on, on the show. We've had uh, um, people from different walks of life doing a convention, and it's not easy. So my question is, did you know what you were in for when you got the job? And if so, why did you still decide to take it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I started, uh, my origin story involves working at a comic shop, uh, deciding to volunteer for this really cool con when I was six months pregnant over in Seattle, and eventually deciding, wow, I really kind of love this. Um, and ultimately, like it's event organizing is one of the 10 most stressful jobs in the U.S., which is absolutely true but with comic cons some there's something really beautiful about bringing together this community of geeks who growing up were always kind of different always kind of outcasts always kind of other um and creating a space where you're not other like this is this is it this is 100 
all your people in one building for four days. And it's basically a small city. You know, we get to build that, we get to bring people into it, and then we get to do it again next year. And I just, something super rewarding about that whole process. So for, for this year in particular, because last year it didn't happen, um, what, kind of, what kind of thought process went to, through it yourself when you had to take a year off and now you're coming back? How does that feel to bring it back in such a fashion? Really, the pandemic was incredibly hard and not being able to do what we love to do was really hard on myself and the rest of the team. Um, we launched metaverse.com, which had always kind of been living at the side of our desks, this idea of how do we bring everything we do at a show to the rest of the world that can't get to that city or can't get tickets to, you know, New York Comic Con sells out. How do we do that? So last year, that's what we did. And we did uh, virtual NYCC and it was amazing. It was really fun. We learned a lot um, and we got to play in this space. And this year it's really exciting because we're getting to marry the two ideas. You know, now we get to do the physical show again and we're so excited, but we also get to bring all of that content to fans and then we get to bring them exclusive access to products on the show floor and, and other sneak peeks and previews and it's really fun. But the first thing that came to mind and what I've been working on for, you know, 11 months now and that's not a joke is how do we do it? What's the safest way to do it? What is, what is the procedure? Like, where is New York? Where is, um, you know, who's deciding what and when are those procedures going to change? And um, we've been at in front of it for 11 months now and getting to see that come together. And we're just about to announce our offsite vaccination check locations and the process to fans and getting your clear health pass and saying, okay, this is how you're going to get into the show. And this is how we're creating a really safe environment. And there's a lot that goes into it and it's new and different. It's very long-winded. I'm sorry, but I'm actually really excited about it. It's rare you get to do something this huge scale on top of already producing a massive event, you know? Right. Um, uh, let's go on a more positive note. Um, way back when, when New York Comic Con was just a little baby, um, I remember because it's been on it's been on the show that um, New York City was not very kind to uh, <laughs> to conventions. No. They were they were not very open minded when it came to mm -hmm. conventions. And here we are now, where you're working hand in hand with the city. How awesome is that? It's so awesome. I think New York City is really fun. I'm not sure when the tide changed a little bit more in our favor, but bless it. I'm so happy for it. Now we get to use the streets as cues to get into the building. And uh, I think there's just something really fun about crowding the New York subways with cosplayers to get towards the Javits. <laughs> it just makes my day every single morning watching them come out of the subway. It's awesome. Um how important is it? Because I know the, the Javits Center is the, the cornerstone of New York Comic Con. And they, I don't know if they've actually finished because I know that they were doing remodeling. So how is that coming along? And what, what plans do you have for when it's fully finished? Or can the you say? Javits, the Javits remodeling is 99% finished. There's uh, one more piece of it we'll be able to introduce with the show next year. But this year, we have access to the whole building. 
So level five is the empire stage, which longtime fans will remember, we used to have an empire stage um, in the Javits like a few years ago that went away when we brought MSG and Hammerstein. Um, level four is panel rooms and tabletop gaming, which means downstairs where our panels used to be is all artist alley. And then it's all comic programming. We have two rooms down there that is solely focused on the heart of the show, which is comic creators. And it's just so fun to blow out parts of New York, which is already really big, and even more. So I'm, I'm excited. And the new building's really pretty. It's got that new building smell. <laughs> so, so maybe it was good to take a year break. So that way, <laughs> it's a great unveiling of this new amazing thing that people are so far away, and you get to come in. I, I might agree <laughs> with you on that in a few years. <laughs> so... <laughs> What is the one thing or the one person that you're looking most forward to see and or that you want to come to New York Comic Con and haven't had the opportunity yet? Mm. This year, I'm genuinely trying to figure out how to get into that Ghostbusters panel to watch it <laughs> just a little bit. I'm really excited. I was such a Ghostbuster. Like, I think a lot of us were, right? Like, so fun and couldn't walk around trying to get... Um, trying to bust ghosts you know <laughs> um so uh let's see we have we have some time left so i guess we should hit the, the the most important questions is um i actually got an email um today so this was something I, I yes i wrote that well, oh I mean, about I the wrist about the wristband <laughs> so i'm so sorry <laughs> <laughs> yeah so can you talk a little bit about the wristbands um that they're yeah. going to be giving out so this year at New York, um, we are requiring back, full vaccination, which is you are two weeks post your final shot of FDA authorized or approved vaccine. Um, what we are doing to ensure that this is as quick as possible for everybody is we partner with Clear Health Pass, which means you can sign up for um, their app, put all your information in there, including your ID. And then when you're coming to our offsite vax check location, all you have to do is show this picture. We don't have to check your ID because it's already been done. We don't have to double check anything else. If you're just flashing your phone, we're looking at it. And then you get a wristband that's valid for all the, the entire event. You don't have to do it again unless something tragic happens to your wristband. Uh, and then you can go to the Javits Center and head out into the show. And for you, I believe that's the blue entrance, sir. Yes. Um, so actually, so you kind of think about it. It's like um, the wristband you get when, you can, when you're allowed to drink in a bar. Yes, that's exactly it. Yeah. <laughs> Was that, was that where the idea came from? And be like, yeah, we can do that. It's, you know, what is the easiest, simplest thing for us to visually recognize that everyone's good to go when they're trying to head in through the entrance and who doesn't love a good bright green wristband? Um, one, one of the things I have to say that, uh, that you guys do is you continually evolve and improve. Like, you know, to be fair, there has been the complaints about New York Comic Con because it is a massive event and things will go wrong. Things happen. But I have to give you guys always. credit. You always seem to every following year make the adjustment. Um, how, how, do, how do you guys get the information back to yourselves? And what do you decide? OK, this is what we can handle. This is what we can't handle. This is what we can do. What can, can you walk me through that, that process just a little bit? Yeah, this is my bread and butter. Normally, people want to talk about like flashy things, but processes. Um, <laughs> you know, I, we sit down, a group of us sit down with the post-show survey um, and we read it. We read, every, I read everything um, that every single person writes in. I read all of it. And I have a system for 
picking up trends and, and I take notes as I'm going and it's kind of a long process. Um, we're obviously like reservation system didn't go well. It did not go well. We're pretty well aware of that. So we're already working on how do we fix this? What is the, what is the process? And we just kind of look at what our options are really early on. And by really early on, it usually happens within the first three months after New York. Um, where we start, look, I start looking at fixes and, you know, do we have the bandwidth for this? Are we able to do it? What do we need to do it? Um, and try to get going as early as possible so that we can actually make it better every year and make my, our inner motto here at the team is make new mistakes. Um, I really look forward to what new and interesting ways I will accidentally irritate fans next year. When <laughs> wrong. Um, so let's, let's do a quick do and don't. What is the biggest do you would say for anybody who wants to attend New York Comic Con and the biggest don't? Because we do a show every year about the do's and don'ts. And we hit a lot of the same things every year because people seem to forget. So what, especially now, what do you think is the biggest do and biggest don't? Uh, the biggest do is do remember that this is the first time in 18 months that we're all able to get together in the same space safely and do be really grateful about that, you know, um, and don't pull your mask down and wander around. Please just keep your mask up. Okay. Um, we have like four minutes left, so I want to give you plenty of time to give you a final thought. Oh, actually, um, the tickets are still on sale. Are there any tickets left? Do they sell it like uh, instantly and they just poof and they're gone? No, tickets are still on sale this year. So we have Thursdays, Fridays, and Sundays available for purchase. Um, Saturdays are sold out. Okay. So a uh, final thought, and where can people contact you? Are, are, you a, are you a contactable person? Like if somebody wanted to say, hey, I thought the convention was awesome, and, you know, not to complain, but just saying that they're awesome, is there a way that they can reach you? I accept complaints as well. Um, I prefer criticisms, constructive criticisms, but I will take complaints. Uh, it's Christina at readpop.com, and it's Christina with a K, not a C-H. And do you have any final thoughts for us? Um, I just want everybody to know how unendingly grateful my New York Comic-Con team is that we get to do the show this year. And my team's super excited and really thrilled to be bringing an event back. And I just hope that shows when you're all together on site. So my final thought is this. Thank you for uh, taking time out of your super busy schedule to be, uh, be uh, part of this interview. I really appreciate it. Um, much continued success. And when you take over New York Comic Con, when you take Lance's job, can we, can we get a little spot in the New York Comic Con for our little show? Is it, is it, can we yeah. get a little promise? If you take over, <laughs> can we get a little promise? Take over. Yeah, we get you a little spot. Thank you for the kind words. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you so much. So with that, we're going to take our break and we'll be right back with it came from the radio. Hello, radio listeners. What are you thinking? We want to hear from you. What's working for you? What things would you like to hear more about? Write us your thoughts. Or you can buy us a pizza. Just go to our website, www.itcamefromradio.com, and click on the Buy Us a Pizza link. Leave your comment there. And we'll read them on video. Hey, this is Brimstone, and you're listening to my boys on It Came From The Radio. Ever wanted to enter the world of comics but didn't know where to start? Worry not, true believers. We at the Comic Book School may just have the answer to your questions. Created by comics veteran Buddy Scalera, the Comic Book School is a free online educational resource that helps rising creators learn the craft and business of making comics through resources like forums, interviews, publication opportunities, publisher guidelines, and step-by-step -step blog posts. For more info, please visit our site at www.comicbookschool.com.
Be sure to join our forums and follow us on social media while you're there. We'll see you on the message boards. Now, back to our show. Hello, Radioheads. <laughs> this is Jenny Feldy without Charlie Saladino. Uh, he came with me to the awesome Creator Con. It's now one week later. I've had time to reflect. I have to say, my cells, my body is still vibrating. It's still excited and inspired from this Creator Con. I personally had no idea what I was getting into. This is what I usually do. I, I usually do enough research on an event to know if I'm going or not, to qualify it and say, yeah, I want to go. I don't. And then I just kind of go in cold, and then maybe I'll stalk it afterwards to see if it, you know, I got to see if it's worth stalking. Is CreatorCon worth stalking? Yes. Holy, that was, I think it was my favorite con. Now, I've been to Comic-Con. Uh, I'm not going to list other cons because I don't, I don't want to put anyone down. I, I really did like the New Jersey Horror Con. That was very cool. But for some reason, the CreatorCon really inspired me because the artists, now, the artists were so talented and so humble. Now, we have the list of names. Uh, we did a lot of different interviews with a lot of different people. Thank you to Phil Russert for having us, Fat Guy Inc. Um, there's Henry Martinez that does, he does work for, I believe, I want to say Marvel, and he does a lot of commercial storyboards, which I feel strongly about because I was just lecturing a friend who's writing a script saying that you have to write the script with storyboards in mind. And the next day, I was going to direct films with very OCD-type storyboards. So uh, they're just, they were such incredible, talented, skilled artists at this con that put out comic books and advertising some of the work has been featured in mainstream and indie shows like the big bang theory there's jeff brennan who has such you could just tell the energy and i don't, I don't see auras but <laughs> i would say the energy around him and the way he interacted was in such a positive way and he had such talent and skill and a lot of these people could have walked around bragging, but no, they didn't. They didn't. Now, I've been affectionately called Trump, and uh, there's people who like Trump who, who like me. I have this braggadocious rapper side to me because I, I feel like if you have something to be celebrated, you should celebrate it. And I would say that every, every artist that had a table at this creator con has the right to walk around just bragging and celebrating it really incredible. The tragedy comic by Phil Russert stood out. I hope I'm I hope I'm not mixing people up. The tragedy ballerina, the badass ballerina, who is you know she looked very fit. Um, there to me that's inspiring because uh, fitness and health is very important to me, and morality and living a clean life is is also very important to me. But you can also be badass while living a very clean life. You know, eat clean, talk dirty. Um, you know, really, Jeff Brennan, again, I'm going in circles here because my head is spinning. It's a week later, so this is a very all-over-the-place wrap-up, and it would be more fun if Dominic and Mark and Charlie were here, but the takeaway from CreatorCon is what an incredible con, incredible artist. If you are interested in inkers and painters, I learned about, um, I think they're called paint pens that can do really precision paint work. I learned that at the Fat Guy Ink table because I, I stopped painting. Part of the reason I stopped painting is because it has a, there's a level of accuracy that isn't there. But with the, the 
ink pens or the paint pens that I learned from Fat Guy Ink, you can have that level of precision. So that's something I learned there. Definitely go to this con if you want to be inspired by different artists. If you're into comic books, even if you're into advertising, some of these people work in advertising and you want to get creatively inspired, these people can definitely tell you how to get started. Um, maybe they'll tell you how to get finished if you want to quit. <laughs> I'm sure there's you know a lot of struggle because as an artist myself, there's a struggle that goes into it. The con was... It was, it was very clean. It was very open. It wasn't too packed, which I love. Um, sadly, I think there should be more people there. Now, I, I didn't analyze the marketing and the PR, which I dabble in. So uh, if anyone would like my help with marketing and PR next year, I feel so strongly about this con. Um, I would, just on my own volition, on my own time, be very happy to promote it because I do think this is something that society needs. They need this artistic inspiration and this type of energy from these creators. There's, I have nothing bad to say about any of the creators. We went to every table. Everyone was kind. Everyone was open. There was a lot of artists that were drawing. We could see them live in action doing a drawing. There was one guy... What was he drawing for? He was drawing something for a major TV show, and I got him on camera. So we're going to put that up. I'll put that up on my Facebook, and we'll put that up on the website. You'll get to see one of the artists live in action. Definitely go to the Creator Con. I hope to see more people there next year. This is, um, I, I have to say, I'm sorry, Comic-Con, but Comic-Con gets very packed, and it's very hectic. So if you're someone like me that says, well, if it involves public bathroom, I don't want to go. The bathroom was very nice. There was no lines for the bathroom. It was nice and easy. It was very spacious. The parking was easy. The location was nice and open. There was no one pushing past you. So if you're afraid of the stress of going into the city, you know, at times now, New York City is a little crazy. You don't want to be pushed around. You don't want to be mobbed in the public. Perhaps you get social anxiety. I, I get a... I get a little social anxiety, I get crowd anxiety and claustrophobic. This is this you're st you're gonna get so such amazing artists, and you don't have to deal with all of that. So it's six minutes. I'm gonna wrap this up. This has been a big ramble, but um, these are my thoughts on the Creator Con. I love it. It's a week later. I'm still inspired. So thank you so much for everyone involved for providing me with your inspiration and your kindness and your good attitudes because. The kindness and compassion I received, and hopefully I put out, <laughs> is that's priceless. I mean, talent and skill is great, but really, um, that good attitude and how we make people feel is, is the most priceless thing. That's what we walk away with. Signing out, and back to more, it came from the radio. Hi, this is Ellen Dubin, star of Lex, and you're listening to It Came From The Radio. Keep listening. Hey guys, this is Christy from Custom Cakes by Christy. I want you to know that I'm here for you. I'm keeping my private kitchen open for any needs your family may have. I've been focusing on bread, soups, muffins, quiches, and other basics, but I'm still accepting dessert orders as well. Please follow my Facebook for immediate pickup items. Private message me for custom orders. Custom Cakes by Christy, I-N-C-K-R-I-S-T-Y. Text me at 631 606 
800-242-8166. Me Grimlock having fun on It Came From The Radio. Me Greg Berger also. If you had any honor, you would listen to Sci-Fi.Radio. The Sci-Fi for your Wi-Fi. Kapla! Now, back to our show. So that about does it for this week on the Came From The Radio. Join us right here any week on this radio station. If you miss any part of the show, tough. go to www.itcamefromradio.com and listen to our archives if you're up in a week or so. Go to such places such as btdradio.com, indievolt.com, sci-fi.radio, or check us out on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter. And always follow the cost-benefit ratio. If the benefits outweigh the costs, do it. If the costs outweigh the benefits, don't do it. Or just Google It Came From The Radio. And we'll see you next week. You You've been listening to It Came From The Radio with Mark Torres. The views of the show's hosts and guests did not necessarily reflect that of the management, owners, or staff of the station. We now return you to your earthly scheduled broadcast. <laughs>